Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 16, may be found on page 1094 of the Church Bible, or on the screen behind me. Acts chapter 3, reading from verse 1. Peter heals a lame beggar. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held onto Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them to the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us? as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked what a murderer and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses to this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is taken from Matthew 15, verses 29 to 31, and can be found on page 982 of the church Bibles. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, 
bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, and the cripple made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just what I was about to do. Thank you very much. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for your word. We thank you for Mike and his passion for you. Right now. Would you fill him with words to speak to us, Lord? And would our ears be open? And would we be challenged, Lord, by what you have to say to us through Mike? So come by your spirit and be with us, we pray. Amen. Amen. So the story so far, as we work through, uh, through the Acts of the Apostles, Jesus is risen. He's encouraged his disciples, then ascended to heaven, leaving them waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. They prepared themselves by appointing new leaders amongst them, and by worshipping together. The Holy Spirit has come and has filled them and has driven them out onto the street to proclaim the amazing works of God, primarily in the resurrection of Christ. And Peter has preached his first ever public sermon and the Holy Spirit has empowered that sermon and as a result has had an astonishing effect and has grown the church 25-fold. So the disciples have spent time consolidating, teaching, leading worship, encouraging new disciples to share with one another and to eat together, and looking for opportunities to demonstrate Christ's power in miraculous signs and power and wonders. And as an example of this time of fruitful ministry, there was a moment when Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. There are a number of important things to note uh, from this passage, from this story, uh, when we're thinking about healing. But just before we look at them, I want to go back to the gospel reading. I say back, in fact, it was our second reading, but it was earlier. It was the time when Jesus was here, and he had his own healing ministry that Peter and John were uh, experiencing, were watching. Just a little reading, but with huge implications for this episode at the temple. Here are the words that Hannah read to us. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Peter and John saw that healing ministry which then gave them the confidence to offer healing in Jesus' name. After that time of healing ministry with Jesus, they had lots lots of experience themselves of praying for others and seeing them receiving healing. There was, there, were, there was times with Jesus, there were times when they were sent out on their own in twos to go and pray for people and they saw people healed. Uh, and then... There's this amazing time after the coming of the Holy Spirit as the church is growing 
and uh, they are seeing amazing miracles happening out um, on the street amongst the people. But all of that happened, all of that experience for James and John, for Peter and John, sorry, happened because they had first witnessed and experienced Jesus' healing ministry. At the point that Jesus came along, healing hadn't really happened amongst the Jewish people for, for a very long time. Nothing much had happened in terms, of Jesus, uh, in terms of God's impact on his people and dealing with them. Healing wasn't part of normal experience. People didn't see it happening. From their synagogue training as, uh, as young boys, Peter and John would never have had the confidence to offer to pray for people for healing. But from the moment that Peter saw his own mother-in-law healed by Jesus, he knew that healing was a reality, was real. And it's the same for us. Many of us have been coming to church for years and years and years and have never actually witnessed or experienced healing for ourselves. And so we're never quite sure whether the healing that we hear about is just the kind of blown up hype of some tele-evangelist, some enthusiastic, you know, over-enthusiastic kind of Christian over-egging the stories. But from the moment that we experience ourselves God doing something in our lives, we know that we're not making it up. We know that this is something real. Even then, it's still possible to kind of brush away that experience because of the impossible situations that we're failing, that we're facing. Sorry. So here's a situation: a man crippled from birth. That's a very difficult situation for healing. You don't get the kind of, you don't get the possibility of what just came might just go again. You know, this is someone who has been in this situation forever. And it's very hard to ask for healing then because you're asking for a complete miracle, a complete change of this person's physical situation. We experience the same in our own, um, in our own families, our own lives, and in the lives of those people that we know. Big issues that seem too big, too impossible for us to think that God would heal them through us. And so we drop back to a kind of sub-level of faith that God might do little things if we ask them, like find us a parking space or heal that headache of ours. But not the big things. If we don't ask, then of course we won't be disappointed. But on the other hand, if we don't ask, we will never receive the answers to those prayers either. The leader of a revival once said, when we see things that God isn't doing, it's very easy for us to focus on what God is not doing for us. But actually it's much better for us as Christians, it's much better for our faith if we focus not on what God isn't doing now but on what he has done in the past. And if we don't have stories, this person was saying, if we don't have stories of, of how God has 
has blessed us in the past, then at least we should think about how God has blessed his people in the past. Whether that's others that we know of or whether it's the stories of the church down through the ages. Because God has worked in the past and what God has wanted to do in the past because he's true to himself, he might want to do today. And what God has done in the past, he might do again now. So we should ask. And in order to have the confidence to ask, we need to keep reminding ourselves of the big things that God has already done for us. So here's the moment when you tell me what you were saying to each other last week about what God has done for you. Fran, come and remind us or share with us those who weren't here last weekend what people were, um, what people were saying. So last week, um, it was really encouraging and kind of before the service, I kind of just shared with people if they would like to share their testimony in a really simple way. Um, just by writing their testimony on a piece of cardboard, where they was, and then how God had transformed them, how they met with Jesus, and how Jesus worked in their lives. And um, we'll just give you some... And they're, they're all at the back there. There was about 13 people who shared their testimony. So this was one. Um, of how God has transformed, how God has healed. This is not 2,000 years ago. This was last Sunday. And I'd encourage you before you leave to go and look at the ones at the back there. And they are just incredible. You know, God is at work. And God wants to heal. God wants to restore. So be encouraged and after you read these, you'll be so encouraged. Uh, coming back from Wales and looking through all my huge number of emails, I also came across an email about what God has been doing through the HOTS team on, uh, on the precinct. And I wondered if Rowena would just come and share with us something of the exciting things that God has been doing in terms of healing on the precinct. Um. HOTS is very much about actually getting out there because we believe that um, if we don't get out there, then we're not going to meet ordinary people who aren't going to come to church. Um, and last uh, uh, Saturday, we were uh, on the streets uh, in the precinct. Uh, we, we go there once a month, um, and we were there between 11 and 1 o'clock. And um, there were 10 of us this week, so it was a nice big team, and it means that we could get all four chairs out. And um, we met to pray, and we really felt that God was going to uh, really bless us. And um, we always uh, uh, claim the ground as well as, as we uh, lay the chairs out. And we really felt that, that God was going to do amazing things for people that came in and uh, sat on those chairs. And uh, Rosie is a very important part of the team. She records, um, everybody records um, 
when people are prayed for, but Rosie uh, collates everything and, and then sends out an email of encouragement, which is always great because, um, as, as Mike has said, when we hear testimony of, of people being healed, it does encourage us um, and, and we see um, what, what God has been doing. And uh, Rosie has put together just a, a word of encouragement for us on the team and those that have been praying for us. Um, HOTS was great yesterday, great, good atmosphere, 10 of us on the team. Uh, notes in the book indicate that we prayed for 12 people, one couple and a mum and a son amongst them. I, want, I wonder if we noted down everyone, because uh, it was felt that possibly we, we um, prayed for more people than that. It, it, it really was a, a, a wonderful time. Time seemed to fly, and many conversations took place. So it's not just about people uh, sitting on the seats. It's about those conversations that we, we um, have with other people that we wouldn't normally have the privilege of. People seem to be willing to talk to us and share um, what's on their hearts, which is just amazing. One lady with numbness in her lip felt tingling after she was prayed for. A man with spinal neck problems felt his spine go cold and tingling, uh, that was an amazing time. This, this man actually said he could feel um, a different sensation and uh, that uh, he really felt that something was, was happening. A lady with eyesight problems had prayer and the mist started to clear. And excitingly, a lady who prayed with a lady um, on our team last month about her eyesight came back to say thank you that over the last month there'd been an improvement. Um, and we prayed for that lady again. And this lady apparently had been telling her friends about um, what had happened to her in the precinct. And uh, this is one of the amazing things, is that when we pray for others and they feel that God has been working in their lives in different ways, healing, um, uh, just blessing them, uh, healing emotional hurts as well, uh, that they tell other people, they tell their friends. Um, and, and that's how the word gets spread as well. So... Um, can I encourage you to, if you would like to take part of this ministry, um, to get out there, as Mike was saying. If you get out there, then it starts to happen. Thank you. Really exciting to hear what God is doing amongst us already. And that experience of what Jesus was already doing is what gave Peter and John the confidence to pray for others for healing as well. So what does this story of, Jesus, of um, Peter and John praying for others um, show us about healing prayer? Okay, I've got a bunch of points. I shall try and get through them as quickly as I can. Firstly, the first thing is that healing happens when Peter and John are on their way to the temple for worship. So we need to expect healing during worship. I could tell you quite a lot about why they were going to the temple for worship, but suffice it just to say that that was where the early church started off by meeting. Um, and so Peter and John were on their way there to a meeting like this. There was plenty of space for it at the temple, and so they had their own um, place, even with lots of them gathered to worship together. And in that context of worship, healing is, uh, is, very, uh, is very much easier. It's a powerful context 
for healing. And that's not surprising, really, because in worship we are focusing on God's desires and on his power and ability to, uh, to enact, to carry out his intentions. As we worship, our faith rises. And when our faith rises, we dare to ask our Heavenly Father to grant our needs. So expect healing during worship. That's the first point. The second point, as Rowena was saying, is that um, Peter and John hadn't yet made it to the temple to worship. They were on their way. They were coming through the precinct, as it were. And they'd got to the front door, and there at the top of the steps on the way into church, there was that person that they always walked past um, as they go into church. And it was at that moment, out on the street, that Jesus chose to heal through them. So easy for us, isn't it, to, um, to hurry on past and into church. The, the last passage that we've had um, in Acts has been about the growth of the church and, and the life of the church together. Very easy to think that that's now become the place where God is at work. And it's much easier and more comfortable to settle down and wait for God to work there inside our Christian community. But this passage shows us, challenges us, that uh, God is at work outside the church as well as inside the church because Jesus loves people who are not yet believers in him as well as those who are. So before we go on, I just want to challenge us to be ready for both places where God might be wanting to heal. Here, in church together, in worship, and on the way here, out in the community, out in our ordinary everyday lives. We need to be ready to pray, with, pray when we're not at church, when we're at home, when we're at work, when we're um, in the pub, in homes of our friends and our neighbours. Jesus is looking for people all the time to touch through us, not just here, but wherever we are. In church, though, we get the chance to practice in a relatively safe environment what Jesus wants us to do outside there on the street. If we aren't confident to pray for other people here in church, we're scarcely going to be confident to pray for them out there on the street, in the chairs on the street, or in our homes, or in our workplaces. So let's have a go at practicing, at praying for others um, for healing here in church, and then we can look to God to be healing outside the church. Okay, a few more points. Number three, Peter and John were together when this happened. That's really interesting. Okay, because Jesus often, in fact, always wanted to send his disciples out more than one at a time, in pairs, usually, sometimes in groups. And uh, when Peter and John went off on their healing trips with the other disciples, they went in prayer, in pairs. It's together that Jesus chooses to use them on this occasion. One of the great things about being in twos when you're praying for somebody else is there's always somebody else to be praying whilst you're thinking, what shall I do or say or think or pray next? So when there are two of you praying, one of you can always be praying silently for what God is saying. One can always be listening out for what God is saying whilst the other is listening to the person who is speaking. And that's why 
as a, uh, for our prayer teams, we always, we always ask people to pray in pairs. Um, so when you, when you go to ask for someone to pray with you at the back, it's always a team of two. And uh, the same whenever I go and visit someone and I want to pray or talk about something difficult, I always try and find someone to go with me so that there's two of us. It's much easier to do together. And that's the way that Jesus set it up. So look out for who else you could draw in to praying in the context that you're in, where, you'll get, where, where you find the opportunity for prayer. Next point, four. They prayed for this man because he expressed a need to them. Now, interestingly, he expressed the need in terms of money. And very often, money gets complicated, gets confused with what people are asking of God. And in lots of different situations, people express their need in terms of money. But usually, the disciples express their response on behalf of Jesus in terms of prayer not in terms of money. They prefer to pray for people. So if somebody's expressing a need to you, even in terms of money, you might consider being challenged to respond on Jesus' behalf through prayer, firstly. Prayer is a response to express need. Fifthly, Peter has a little catchphrase that helps him to move from the the expressed need, the need expressed to him, and the invitation to pray for that person. His little catchphrase is, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus. It's so catchy, it could even be a song, couldn't it? I, I heard somebody using this phrase. Um, I'm a Christian, and I believe that Jesus still heals today. Would you like me to pray for you? Having a phrase in your mind that you've got confidence in, in the theology of it and, and in the, the appropriateness of it, gives you confidence to move from that moment of need to the moment of offer of the invitation to pray. So work out what your phrase might be and, and learn it, memorize it, so that you can then um, use it confidently in a situation like that. Next point. Peter has been with Jesus enough and prayed for healing enough to have the confidence not just to ask for, for healing, but to command healing. That's the way Jesus often did, did it. Be healed. And Peter has learned in Jesus' school and he's gained the experience and the confidence to do the same thing. To speak with the authority of Jesus. And that's the authority that we have as Christians as well, as disciples. So we can have the confidence to command healing too. And so it is, next point, that it is in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that Peter speaks this prayer, this healing command. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we need to remember to use the name of Jesus. This isn't about magic or incantation, waving a wand, getting the words right. This power isn't in Peter. The power is in Jesus. The authority comes from him. And so Peter speaks in his name. And so he doesn't omit to use his name. Do we have a sufficient grasp on the power of Jesus 
and his name for what we ask for others. Those who are not followers of Jesus have a sufficient grasp of the name of Jesus to use his name as an imprecation, as a, as a blasphemy, as a curse. Do we have enough confidence to use the name of Jesus as a blessing? Pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Well, on this occasion, to no surprise of the disciples concerned, God the Father chooses to honor his son's name by empowering Peter's command and immediately healing the crippled man. And unlike the cripple in the life of Brian, this particular cripple is delighted with the outcome and goes walking and leaping and praising God. But what do the disciples do next? Do they immediately rush off to the prayer meeting and say, hey, you'll never guess, we had this fantastic experience. God was really great through us and we prayed for this person and, and he was healed, healed because we prayed for him. Isn't that, are we fantastic? No. Their immediate response is to give glory to Jesus, to give credit to him. The people who are watching shouldn't be surprised that this has happened because the name of Jesus is powerful. Nor should they credit the disciples with this. The power hasn't come from them. No. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. So give public credit to Jesus for his healing. There's a little phrase that David Pitchers used to use whenever he told healing stories, which he told all the time, which was just fantastic. Whenever he told a story, he would then end it with, Jesus did that. Jesus did that. And he'd tell another story, Jesus did that. Fantastic. Giving the credit to the person to whom it belongs, which is not us, but is Jesus. So here we are, nine little pointers, one from Matthew and eight from Acts. Firstly, when we experience Jesus' healing, we can have confidence in its reality. So remember what God has already done through Jesus. And then from Acts, firstly, uh, worship raises faith, and we need faith for healing prayer, so expect healing during worship. Secondly, healing isn't confined to those who are in church, so look out for God healing outside the church. Thirdly, Jesus has encouraged his disciples to go in two, so look for the pairs that you could be in. Fourthly, so we need to be ready to offer prayer for the needs that people share with us. So pray as a response to expressed need. When you hear somebody expressing need to you, take the courage to pray for them. And it can help us to get to that offer of prayer with a, with a phrase that we've worked out that works for us, that feels natural and appropriate for us. So memorize useful invitation phrases. Sixth, if we've confidence that this is what Jesus wants of us, we can even command blessing. Seventh, we should certainly do so in the name of Jesus because this is where our authority comes from. So pray for healing in the name of Jesus. And eighthly, we should bear witness to Jesus as the source of any healing that happens. So give public credit to Jesus for his healing. And now, I think we should have a go, shouldn't we? Fran, come up and encourage us to have a go at praying for each other. <clears throat> well, I'm going to be honest. I need healing. Um, 
I've had an Achilles injury for, for months now, and I love to run, and I haven't run for, for years, a couple of years at least. So I would love to be healed. I would love my Achilles to be healed, and I would love to be able to run again. And let's just respond. So let me model that with, um, for you with Fran then, okay? So what we said, um, first it's good, to have, it's good to remember what God has done before. We've seen healing in your life. We've heard about it through your sermons. We know that, that Jesus loves to heal and he wants to heal you. Um, we exp- we've, in worship, we know that God is healing. We've heard testimony of his healing. Our faith is raised. Uh, okay, we're not on the street. We could go there if you wanted, but I say we'll, we'll stay in here. That's all right. Uh, we need, need perhaps more than one person to, to pray with you. That would yeah. encourage us. So perhaps somebody would like to, perhaps David, would like to come up and join me here. Okay, so David's going to be praying. What's I'm going to be talking with you. And... Um, Okay, so we've asked Fran what the issue is, and he's demonstrating to us. The There's problem some swelling there, so you can okay. see the swelling. So. All right, so that's the so that's a, that's the okay problem. Yes, it's okay. It's completely and, fine. And is it okay if I touch your ankle? Yes, you can touch touch my ankle. That's fine. So we've asked if it's okay to pray, and we have asked if it's okay to lay hands on um, Fran. Uh, sometimes the place that's injured is. Um, is an inappropriate place to lay hands, so then we wouldn't do that. Uh, we might choose a neutral place, like a shoulder or an elbow, um, if that was acceptable. Okay, so we've done all of that kind of preliminary, and uh, now we're going to we're going to pray for, we're going to ask and listen what uh, Jesus might want to do in this situation, and pray the Holy Spirit into that, and uh, we're going to pray in the name of Jesus. Um, and uh, where have we got to? We're gonna, later on, we're going to give credit for anything that God sees, but we're not going to... I'm really expecting to okay. be healed. Oh, um, so no pressure, but it's not you, it's Jesus. It's not us, so, it's yeah. Jesus. Okay. So we're going to pray now. Let's pray. Please all pray. This is, this is not pretense. This is not a joke. We're just modeling, demonstrating a model to you, but please, please you pray with authenticity to Jesus because we love Fran and we want to see him healed Mm, Father we just thank you Lord for your presence thank you Lord for your love thank you Jesus for your presence here Fran just assure you of Jesus' love for you and his desire to make you whole and to heal you The disciples watched Jesus healing in lots of different ways. Quite often touch was involved. And so with the authority that Jesus gives me, I say, Fran, be healed in Jesus' name. And we say to this ankle, we say, be healed. Tissues be restored. Pain be gone. Be completely healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we note that uh, 
Peter and Don, John didn't ask the, the lame man to pretend to be healed if he wasn't. Um, but the healing was demonstrated to them by his response. Um, Fran, is there anything that you can sense happening that you notice or don't, don't pretend if there is? I've been told to do these exercises by my physio. I'll, I'll give it a go. This is a bit strange, but... Can you notice anything different? It, feel, it, it really does feel a lot, lot less, because your Achilles is really tight, and it does feel, it doesn't feel completely healed, but it does feel looser. Okay. Now, sometimes when Jesus prayed for healing, it didn't happen immediately, mm. so he prayed again. So we'll do that. We'll bless God for what might be happening, what Fran feels, and we'll pray into that again, pray for that again and ask for God to go on moving more, and more strongly, more powerfully in healing here. Thank you, Jesus, so much for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your power and your faithfulness and your goodness and your blessing. Again, Lord Jesus, I want to say this isn't a pretense or a joke just because we're modeling this here. This is a real request from us to you, that you would heal Fran whom we love and whom you love by the power of your spirit. And Lord, would you, would you bless him in this and many other ways because you love him. And again we say, to the Achilles tendon, um, do the thing that Achilles tendons are supposed to do. Tissue be restored and uh, foot be completely healed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for Fran and loves him and has power to heal. Amen. Anything else happening or recognizing? Which foot is it? Can you tell? This, this one. <laughs> I'm just doing this exercise again. It does feel a lot looser. Fantastic. So we don't know at this point that Fran has been healed. That's a thing that we will discover later in time. But we do give credit to Jesus for anything that he's doing in Fran's life. And we will give credit at the point that we hear that, um, that Fran has been healed. And the most important thing to remember is that God always hears our prayers. Mm. And there's a little phrase that I like that is God who has began a good work in you bring it to completion. Can you say that again? Then? God, who has begun a good work in you, will bring it to completion. Yeah. Because God always hears our prayers. Yeah. We don't know. Sometimes we see healing after a time. Sometimes we see it immediately. Yeah. But we know that our Father loves you. Yeah. And uh, Jesus will heal it.
Okay. Amen. Well, usually at this point we'd ask if there's anything else that Fran would like to pray for, but I think that's probably a, you know, a little bit kind of over-focused on Fran then, because what I want to do is to give you guys an opportunity to try this out and pray for each other. The key thing I've always been told is as long as you express love for the person that you're praying for, then there can be no harm done. We're not trying to force people into some, you know, emotional blackmail kind of that, you know, that they have been healed even though they don't feel healed. If there's healing, that will be demonstrated by God in, in the change in their lives. So all we're doing is offering the love of Jesus and the possibility of him healing now. So I'd like to invite you to um, turn to somebody uh, sitting by you or near you. Uh, threes would be good. Um, and see if there's somebody amongst you that has a particular need that they would like being prayed for. Nobody has to say, you know, anything that they don't want to say. Nobody has to be prayed for. But if amongst you there's somebody who would like to be prayed for and there's a particular um, need or reason, then share it. And then those other two people can, can go through this model and, and begin to pray for each other. So shall we have a go?